This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. From phone calls and text messages to emails and social media sites, technology has given us countless ways to connect with one another. But along the way comes a whole new set of etiquette rules. So today we're discuss tech etiquette. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. Now, to be a part of the show, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. Good morning. I'm Michelle McAdoo, joined today via Skype with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. From cell phones to text messages and emails and social media sites, technology has given us countless ways to connect with others. But along the way, with this convenience comes a whole new set of etiquette rules. So today we're discussing tech etiquette. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. To be a part of the show, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right. Good morning, Wiltz and Jeremy. (laughs) I'm so used to saying that. Good morning. I know. You're like, I'm not Wiltz, Michelle. (laughs) You're two people today. I'll try. Well, uh, I don't know how well I can pull that off. I but, know, um, I know. Well, I just want to... knows what he knows. I know. I know, I know which is why we complement each other so well. You really do. Um, you really do. But I'll try. Well, I just want to say I'm glad to be back and thank, on the air, thank Kevin Farrell for being me. Now, he can't be me and I can't be him, but thank you, Kevin, for uh, filling in last week. And I missed you guys. Welcome back, Michelle. Yes, yes, yes. So today we're talking about tech etiquette. I mean, it's a lot we can talk about. We actually had a caller that called in the last time we did this show to say, can we do a part two? Because it was so much he wanted to say about how people don't really realize the uh, rules that come with using technology. There are some rules. Um, More more like politenesses. Of, uh, of of the medium, but yeah, they they pretty much they're supposed to be rules, hmm. understood rules. But there are some people who didn't get the memo, as it's more unspoken. Right, and and I guess I'll start off. Well, we'll start off with our hottest tech stories first, and then we'll get into our horror tech etiquette stories. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. I know because I have a lot, but uh, 
So uh, any hot news stories you have on your end? Okay, so last week when you were out, we were talking about how Intel had just – or well, actually, they had just announced, but now they are on the brink of releasing the i9-9900K. Um, I don't know if I had included any uh, uh, stats on it last week uh, as uh, when, you, when a manufacturer releases a product but it's not released to the public. You have to take the stats with a grain of salt. Because they're going to do something like this. Our newest processor is faster than AMD's highest top-end processor by 50%. They claimed that the i9-9900K was 50% faster, or 50%, uh, it could give you 50% more performance when gaming over the AMD uh, Ryzen 7 2700K, uh, X, sorry. Um there were some uh, some people who had raised eyebrows at these statistics, and they uh, they attempted to see how these were tested. Um, after tweaking a few things in the laboratory, the actual stats are more like our new processor that costs two hundred dollars more than AMD's top of the line processor is fifteen percent better. That's a pretty significant difference. That's cool. So, that is cool. moral of the story is always take what the tech companies say with a grain of salt until you've seen uh, hardware testing benchmarking in the wild by everyday independent people. Uh, right. So, like you talk, you and Wilts talk a lot about when you're buying something, look at the reviews. Look at the, read the reviews because they that's the person that bought it and used it. Now, not to say everybody's experience won't be different, but if you if they're all the same, don't buy this. This is horrible, and they're all like that. You might want to rethink your purchase. Well, they they always want to make their products sound you know a lot better than they are. Mm-hmm. And what Intel is doing with this newest processor is, is pretty impressive. They they have uh, reached the five gigahertz mark uh, for a consumer model processor this is this is rather impressive this this usually took a lot of uh a lot of overclocking mm-hmm. uh and a lot of cooling uh through liquid or water to get it to uh work properly sometimes even liquid nitrogen um to reach the five gigahertz mark so now that they're doing it with an out-of-the-box processor it, it is nothing short of impressive uh so they don't have to fluff it too much but uh for the uh the price versus performance ratio I can't say I much see the point, but of course, uh, gamers always love Intel. Uh, Intel processors do game better, so they will they will see a market oh. for sure. All right. Well, of course, on yesterday, you may know, and a lot of other people may know, that YouTube experienced a major outage. It was throughout the world. And they sent out a tweet uh, yesterday saying, stating that they're working to resolve the matter and will let Everyone know when it's fixed. So it went out about um, maybe 8, 8 o'clock that night, at night yesterday, and it came back up at 11 p.m. Now, the Verge was talking about how this never really happens. Yeah. It was updated at 1040, um, saying people it was restored, and 1101 it was officially uh, stated from YouTube that it was restored. But they said this happens very rarely with YouTube. Um, One of our Java, our uh, other producer here said he noticed last night a lot of people thought it was their internet. They thought it was a problem on their side. So a lot of people started calling in and things like that. And we were talking about YouTube is connected to a lot of things, just like Amazon is connected. Mm -hmm. 
It's supposed to be a website that never goes down. Uh, in fact, uh, I didn't know this, actually. I just got this memo. But I'm looking through to see what had caused the outage, and Google has not disclosed that information. <laughs> um, sometime last year, Amazon Web Services went down for a little while, and that was also a pretty major hiccup for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. So while these things don't happen a lot, they do happen because, uh, unfortunately, we still we still run on machines that uh, humans work on and mm -hmm. patch, and sometimes we make mistakes. So I'm assuming it was some sort of situation like that. And do you think it's right for a company to tell why or they don't have to? Or no, they, I, not necessarily, um, because that could uh, disclose vulnerabilities in their infrastructure uh, or it may uh, require disclosing details about their infrastructure that could lead to exposing vulnerabilities. Yeah. So I, I can see uh, why they would keep that cat in the bag. <laughs> well, I'm glad it came back up. A lot of people are glad too. YouTube, they have movies, music, and a lot of things. Um, are they connected to the home devices like the uh, yes. series Google and home. things? Yeah. So it, it affected, we were talking about that a minute ago. It affects not just you know, YouTube, it affects everything that's connected to it. Man. Yeah. And a lot of people's livelihood, uh, a lot of readily available information that was just not there, which is, it's pretty crazy, but that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we come to rely on these things, but we don't understand what keeps them there. Right. And it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of engineering. It's a lot of, uh, uh, thinking and planning and and they have to uh figure out when the best time for them to do maintenance of any kind is on these websites because they don't go down right. so it's it's there's a lot of strategy involved and unfortunately sometimes it just doesn't go the way you plan right and um, like i said that's life look at this this is a neat neat tech story they have come out panasonic has come out with a high-tech blinkers for humans <laughs> have you seen this story <laughs> Now, when I read about this, and I read high tech blinkers for humans, I was like, "All right, we got turn signals. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna run into each other." <laughs> You're anymore. funny, but I, it caught my attention too because of the um, the caption. But it's really neat, and and it's they say they made it for work, so it blocks out your peripheral vision to help you concentrate on the job at hand, whatever you're doing, especially at work. They said um, sometimes your coworkers can get loud and things like that. If you're in your office and you're trying to concentrate on a project or on what you're doing, then you put this thing on your face, it's on your head. It's called wear space, and it contains a lightweight uh, wraparound fabric screen that conceals a pair of Bluetooth headphones inside. Plus, the headphones can adapt to any music you want. So if you want to listen to some smooth jazz and drown out the noise around you, and it blocks out the peripheral vision as well. Now, it's not for sale officially yet, but the prototype was developed by a company called Future of Life Design, and it will be out shortly. What do you think about this one? So I think that this is the 21st century reimagining of the visor. <laughs> um, I think it is neat, though, because uh, if you're on an airplane or something like that where mm. you really want to – you don't want to see the world around you. You don't want to hear all those noises and stuff. This would be great. Um, but, yeah, it's like 
you just you slip it over your ears and it's got headphones in it that do noise canceling and then it kind of just blocks out the people around you so you can focus on what's in front of you. So if you're using a computer, you can see just the screen in front of you and you're not distracted by people moving around you or whatever may be going on. So it's it's neat. It's going to be weird seeing people wear them in public. Yeah. Like uh, like the Bluetooth headphones. Yes. Because you know? the person's standing there and they're just talking, just talking, talking, and they're like, they've got to be on the phone, right? They're not crazy. <laughs> I really hope I see one of those things in their ear. And then you just casually step off to the side and you look and you're like, okay, all right, all right. They're just talking to somebody on the phone. And Kevin mentioned that yesterday. We were talking about tech etiquette and stories and things like that. He says that's one thing that bothers him. Uh, when someone's talking and you think they're talking to you and you say, huh, or excuse me, or you comment on what they just said and they're like, no, no, they point to their ears. You don't know who's on the phone. You don't know <laughs> who's not on the phone. I always, I always throw out the thumb and the pinky. Oh. I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Just letting people know. This story caught my attention because I thought about parents. Java, you can put this on your head and block out everybody at home, especially when you're DJing and uh, and the kids are running around, the baby's crying. Put this on. You can have your music in your ears and block out peripheral vision. So you only see what's in front of you. A lot of parents will be buying this. Paranoid people, on the other hand, will be staying far oh, away. Yes, yes, yes. Can't see, can't hear around you. No, that's, that's, no. No, they wouldn't do it. People with anxiety, not their market. Well, uh, today we're talking about tech etiquette, so get ready to call us. I want your horror tech stories. I want your tech, uh, good tech etiquette stories, or what do you think people should do when using tech? We're going to talk about emails, social media, and tech etiquette in the workplace. Now, that's a new one. So uh, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can reach us online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting to find out how. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Jeremy Thompson, and today our topic is tech etiquette. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation, the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We're going to go to Kathleen in Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. We have our first call. Good morning. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those everyday people. (laughs) I've got a horror story. Oh, what is your tech horror story? Well, I'm out in the country, 
you know, mm-hmm. about 20 miles from any blank where. And um, I've been in the same house over 20 years mm-hmm. with a metal roof. And I've had my phone pinned. And I've been dropping calls and this and that. And I've been calling a lot. And this started up in December of the last year. And I didn't know it because if I wasn't getting a call, I didn't know somebody was calling right. me. So I'm trying to figure out this explanation. And this is just about verbatim. Well, it's probably because of your house, the location. You're almost so many miles from the tower. I said, really? Has your tower moved? And they said, no. I said, neither has my house. And they said, well, you have a metal roof. I said, yes. And I said, does that influence? Oh, yeah. I said, well, how come it just started to try to tell me it wasn't going to give me my service in December? You know, I've had it so many years. So uh, their excuse was, well, with all the developments in high technology, you might not be able to get it. You can't have, you might have to move up your phone instead of having a flip phone. You might have to get a better phone. And I said, well, what would have to do? Well, put it on your Internet. And y'all know me. Kathleen don't have no Internet. And I was trying to get that across to them. I said, well, go ahead and hook it to you. I said, no, I don't have an Internet. Well, then you need a booster. Well, how can I get a booster? We have, a, have to have the Internet so we can put your booster on. And if I followed everything the gentleman had told me, I would probably be spending $300 on a phone, whatever they charge me for the booster, and then move my house and take off the metal roof. <laughs> so... I just well, don't I re- think that's logical. I, I remember you telling us about this uh, because when you when you said they asked you if your house had moved, um, yeah. So this is more of a tech nightmare, not really an etiquette nightmare, right. but uh, a nightmare all the same. Um, they're not wrong when they tell you that your phone may be getting outdated as they update their towers. Uh, the signal may not be uh, adapting for those older type phones their their future you know they're building everything for the future so uh, they may be trying to uh politely strong arm you into a a newer phone via uh antiquating your signal so well i kind of got brave and i told them i said well since you're sending this half uh achieved signal to me and i'm only getting it so much of the time, how about I send you a check that you may or may not get, and in case of emergency, you're going to have to wait till I can get a signal so I can call you. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they don't uh, they don't do well with that. You don't send them their money whether you get your signal or not. They cut your phone off. But um, ha- have you uh, explored any options as, as far as upgrading your phone goes? Because uh, if this is a, a continuing issue, I, I, I would I would at least try a newer phone. Well, here's the situation. When you're my age and on a budget, you know, an extra $150 a month between service and the Internet and all this, it's just not in the question. Uh, it's just not part of the problem, uh, solution, you know. And um, I, I, I don't know what to tell them, you know. And I asked them, I said, well, look, if you're forcing me to get a phone, why don't you just give me the phone so I won't be bothering you? <laughs> not that I really oh, they... want a smartphone. 
when they give you the phone, they're going to hook you up with the data plan. So the internet and all that kind of gets combined. However, your bill will go up. Um, you may want to consider a prepaid plan. That way they can't just do that to you and you just load it whenever you need it. Yes, we know, Kathleen, I hope everything works out. I know you're in the, between, a, sounds like you're between a rock and a hard place, but that's how it goes with the technology, Jeremy. You know how things evolve. We have to evolve with it. Don't you agree? Yes, um, I I do believe that uh, the the signal thing doesn't make sense to us. You know, hey, I've got a tower right next to my house. Why can't I connect to it? Uh, my, my mom used to experience the same issue. Uh, mm. we, we had a tower right next to our house, and we had a great signal before they built that tower. And then all of a sudden, we have one right next to us, and we couldn't get reception anymore. Wow. Um, it, it it's going to require uh, some calibration on their tower of some kind. You're you're going to have to escalate that up through C Spire or potentially look for a different carrier. Right, that's a good idea. Well, I hope everything works out for you, Kathleen. All right, you know, we were talking about uh, tech etiquette today, so we want you to give us a call with your tech etiquette stories or tech etiquette horror stories, or if you just observe some things, or if you have some new rules that you think people should do and they're not doing, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Now, we're going to talk about tech etiquette in the workplace. Now, this is something new. We did not talk about this the last time we talked about tech etiquette. And it was interesting when I did the research. These are things that you would think people would obviously know, but a lot of people we don't. So let's talk about the first one, mobile phone use in the office. (laughs) You deal with a lot of uh, offices and you do a lot of uh, calls and you fix a lot of computers in the office. Um, They say that it's not really good to talk on your cell phone when you're in your office. If you're in cubicle style or what have you, keep the call short or move to an area where you can go and talk normal and you won't be disturbing others. What do you think about that? Well, it depends because usually when you're in a cubicle environment, everybody's talking on the phone. So um, I, I don't see how that would be disruptive necessarily. But when you're in a, a quieter office setting, I, I can see how that would be a, a, a bigger deal. Um, when it comes to uh, your vocal volume as well as your phone volume, you want to uh, try to remember to keep them both reasonable. In fact, I'm I'm really self-conscious about stuff like that. I don't like talking on the phone around mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm. I would rather leave and go somewhere where it's quiet so I can hear. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people do it in the office. <laughs> I, I have to I have to have earbuds that I jam in my ears so I can't hear anything. I'm really waiting on that. What was it called? The, uh, oh, the um the, the side vision yes, space the wear space yeah i'm really waiting on that wear space so <laughs> so when i get in there i could just i can just close off you know and just do whatever i got to do and but I then actually, i'll be yelling at i actually may buy it myself i'm thinking about that it it'll make you just zone in to what you're doing and you won't get distracted we can close our doors here at our offices but we just kind of have an open door policy around here. We keep them open. If you're really concentrating or have something major to do and don't want to be disturbed, you'll close your door. But for the most part, everyone keeps their doors open. But uh, that um, wear space would help a lot to just focus on what you're doing. And with the noise and the periphery vision gone, you can focus on what's in ha- a front of, in front of you. I can definitely see its benefits, but I got to say you have to be really careful when you're wearing headphones because as they close out that ambient noise you 
naturally increase the volume of your voice because you think that other people can't hear you. <laughs> so you got to be careful with that. True. So, you know, back to the original point, keeping your volume on both your phone and your voice reasonable. Exactly. Well, we have another phone call from Mobile, and we're going to speak to Becky. Good morning, Becky. Becky, are you here? <laughs> she was concerned about what was going on with the phone companies and lack of reception. When I retired, I decided that I did not want a cell phone and I did not want a computer because I wanted to experience my freedom of not working. So I have maintained a free lifestyle without that confusion. But I recently started having problems with my landline and having bad reception with that. And I found out from AT&T that they're changing their whole system. And the mm -hmm. wiring in my home is still the same wiring they had years ago, but that's going to be obsolete. So it looks like we're all going to be forced to make some changes. And I'm not yep. happy about that. Well, uh, unfortunately, it's... Uh, it's because we can't get that older equipment anymore. Nobody makes it because nobody wants to buy it. So unfortunately, it's it's just becoming obsolete. It's being antiquated because we have all digital voiceover internet lines and things like that. And while we don't like it, it is so difficult for them to service what is already there because the technology is 20 years ahead of where that phone line is, maybe even further than that. So... I understand that it's 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 upsetting and it, it can be a bother, but unfortunately, you you really can't change the way that the the carriers are going to do their thing unless you want to create your own carrier. You know, there's always that option. No, I'm not willing to do that, but I'm certainly going to start communicating through snail mail. There you go. <laughs> or a uh, carrier pigeon. I mean, just go back to the old way and. Um... You know, it's just, I, I, I can't afford a hundred dollars more a month than I'm paying on Social Security. I can't. I don't have that kind of money. And I we're locked into this rigid thinking, and it's frustrating for senior citizens. It is. Well, you uh, you will probably just have to trade the landline for a cellular phone. Uh, and like I was telling Kathleen, you can always go with a prepaid plan. That way, you're not paying any more then you need to every month. That's right. that's really good for somebody on a fixed budget. Right. That way that bill doesn't just jump one to the other if you use too much data or whatever. Once you run out, they just cut it off. Yeah, and then also the Jitterbug. Jitterbug is a great phone for um, someone, like you said, Jeremy, on a budget, uh -huh. and you don't have a lot of money, and you really, you're not getting all the Internet and the um, all those gadgets that come with a regular phone. The Jitterbug is a up-to-date phone, but it's just, you get what you pay for. You just want to talk on the phone, and the Jitterbug is a good way to go. Well, thank you don't, for I, listening. You're welcome. Thank you for don't calling know. in. Go ahead. I'm not sure if the jitterbug is uh, a prepaid or if it's a plan. Uh -huh. I, I think you have to get it through Great Call, and I think you can only get it on a plan now. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's that expensive, though. I really don't, but I haven't looked into it. So, but it says a hundred bucks a month uh, plus monthly plan and activation. Really? So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say uh, probably Straight Talk would be the better way to go. I think theirs is about 
50 a month. Okay. And yeah, with data, I, I'm not real, real well versed on that, but I think it's somewhere in the, yeah, like 40 to $50 range with data. Right. Well, we're going to take our another break. And when we get back, we're going to continue our tech etiquette um, in the office. And we're going to talk about tech etiquette on social media. Plus, we have Sue on hold. We'll get back and go to Sue and see what she has to say about tech etiquette. This is MPB Think Radio, and you're listening to Everyday Tech. Listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on the MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson, via Skype. Now, if you're just joining us, our topic today is tech etiquette. If you'd like to be part of our conversation, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can always email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, we're going to go to our phone lines and speak with Sue. Good morning, Sue. Well, hello. <clears throat> I have a, a, a comment about etiquette as far as the providers are concerned, you know, because I used to have, a, I'm out here in the boondocks, I'm kind of like a Kathleen in Osaka, I'm out here in the boondocks, and I used to have a dial-up internet through AT&T, well, they cut that out, I didn't care if it was slow, at least I had internet access, I had a blog site, I had readers from all over the United States, and I called my blog news from Mississippi, I mean, I enjoy getting on the internet and looking up things, you know. So AT&T cut that out, and they didn't replace it with anything, and they tell me, we're not ever going to give you Internet access out here where you live because I live too far out in the woods, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so I don't have Internet access. I, I'm really a dinosaur. I still have landlines and uh, $80 a month phone bills, which is ridiculous. So I'm just cut off from the world. If you don't have if you don't have Internet, you're just cut off. And so... Uh, Months ago, there was a picture on the front of the Richmond Dispatch newspaper of an AT&T executive with the mayor of Richmond, and Donald Trump had said he wanted America, all of America, even rural America, to be on the internet, and that hasn't happened yet. You can't an AT&T phone cell phone. They keep trying to sell me their cell phone. AT&T cell phone won't work where I live. What can you do? What what can I do? I'm just I want to get on the internet again. What can I do? If you are not able to get a cell phone signal in your area, your options are limited to satellite internet. And I don't know how well that's going to perform. You would have to get somebody to come out and measure signal strength in your area to see if you'd be able to do it. Well, I've got I've uh, got a straight talk little cell phone that works out here, but but the AT and T cell phone won't work here. Okay, if the straight talk works, um, can you get on the internet with it, or is it like a flip phone? It's just a little flip phone. Okay. If you if you can get a signal out there, you might be able to upgrade your phone to a smartphone and use the internet on it. You also could look into getting a hotspot uh, that would work with Straight Talk, but you have to 
you got to make sure that it works in your area. Um, and checking on their website may not be uh, indicative. It, it may tell you that it's serviced in your area, but your signal strength may still be low. But generally, if you can still get your cell signal out there, you should be able to get data as well. But that's not always the case. But in, in most areas these days, it is. A smartphone, that's what you recommend? Yes, because, because on a smartphone... Me, every time a tech comes out here to work on these lines, which is all the time, they tell me that AT&T, they told me this several years ago, that in two years, AT&T is going to get rid of all the landlines. Well, they haven't yet. Right. Well, they're, well, as you heard from the last caller, they're, they're starting to roll that out. So um, uh, companies do typically run behind on their projected uh, plans, especially for when they're... Uh, taking something like an old technology out of commission due to backlash from uh, subscribers, uh, they they could uh, hold that off for longer. But um, your solution to your issue, as far as getting internet goes, uh, with a smartphone, um, you could use the internet on the smartphone uh, to browse and uh, watch videos and things of that nature. I um, wouldn't want it for that. I would like to get back on my blog site again. Okay, well, great, because doing video out there is going to eat up your data pretty crazy. So if you're just doing, like, blog sites and stuff like that, I would try to get a straight talk phone with a data plan out there and see if um, if it works in your area. Well, thank you. All Absolutely. right, thank you, Sue. Thank you for calling in. We're going to move to uh, Mobile, Alabama, and speak with David. Good morning, David. What's your question or comment? Yeah, I heard earlier where um, they are going to phase out the landlines. Well, uh, you know, in this area, <clears throat> I hadn't talked to AT&T about it yet, but I'm perfectly content with my landline. Uh, in, in fact, uh, I prefer it because uh, at one point I had this kind of wireless module that adapts the, the standard telephones to the cell phone system. And frankly, it stank to high heaven. For one thing, you had to be a speed dialer to even operate the thing. I'd usually have to hit redial on my phone in order for it to accept the phone numbers. So I'm perfectly and the old landline system is a lot more patient. And like uh, I'm perfectly content with this landline. So and I got an answering machine on here and I get invalid numbers or something like that and I call them back once in a while just to see. And I usually get some message like this not line is no longer in service or some such, yeah. You know? right. So it makes hackers a lot easier to foil. If anyone is legitimate, they can just leave a message on my machine here. You yeah. know. Well so, anyway I can lobby AT and T to keep the old style landline. Um I'm gonna say probably not. Uh, their plan is to have it phased out by twenty twenty. Uh, like I said, it may take them longer than that to do it due to public backlash and whatnot. So you can always contact your local representatives and see if there's anything that they could do as far as lobbying for that cause. However, as I said before, companies typically have a pretty good reason for wanting to do these things. And one of the reasons is because the equipment that they service is no longer being manufactured. Now, that's just a guess. I'm not a phone technician. So somebody may call it and say, you're completely wrong. But when it comes to other styles of technology, that's pretty much always the case. We can't get that hardware anymore. We have to upgrade. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about tech etiquette. Um, we're going to talk about tech etiquette on your social media sites at work, tech etiquette on your cell phones in public, and tech etiquette 
on social media, period, with emails and what you should and should not do. We're going to take our next call. We're going to go to Jackson and speak with Herbert. Good morning, Herbert. Hello. Yes, thanks for calling. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, I was listening a while back, and there were a couple of calls that had trouble with their basically outdated phones, and they needed updated because they were concerned about the cost of stuff because they want fixed income. Yes. Uh, they should look into an ARRP program where they can get phones basically for about $15 a month. Okay. That is a fantastic suggestion. Mm-hmm. Very good. I hope everyone heard what he said. Uh, if you are on a fixed income and you yeah. and they're asking you to upgrade your service uh, and you don't want to go into the hundreds or even eighties, uh, AARP has a program that you can possibly get a cell phone for fifteen dollars or around that price. Sumer Cellular is what it's called. Sumer. Yeah, oh, okay. Sumer Cellular. I appreciate the listening, and I'm gonna hang up. Thank you for calling Thank you very in. Much. That was a good uh, comment right there. Consumer Sailor. Okay. So, Michelle, you recently witnessed bad tech etiquette. Tell us, tell us your story. I I've been dying to hear it. did. Okay. Oh, my God. So, yesterday I was in the doctor's office, and it was pretty crowded, and um, people were checking in and coming in and out. Um, normally in a doctor's office, you don't, you think people would know not to talk on a personal call in the waiting room. There was a guy in there and he, I heard every, and I want to tell you this, Jeremy, I know his conversation in and out, meaning I know every word he said, I know what he was talking about. And he had two calls. I sat there and he talked about one. He talked to one call. It was obviously his significant other. And I thought he was going to cut it short. He did not. He hung up from there and called his mother and talked to his mother in the waiting room. And I heard everything he said as well. And I was just taken back at how, and he was older. Let me tell you this neat bit right here. There was a younger younger lady in the office as well. She called an, another office. It sounded like another doctor's office. She got up and walked out to continue her call. She was about young, uh, young 20s. But the older guy sat and talked on his phone, two conversations in the waiting room in front of all of us. And it was just, I mean, I was just appalled. You would think people would know, but obviously everyone doesn't. Kevin made a good point yesterday. He said, what's the difference in someone on the phone in a waiting room and someone quietly talking to the person next to them in the in a waiting room? I said, uh, and now last night I thought about that. The difference is you're talking to a person that's right there and you're probably not talking loud and it's not going to be a, and, you know, it's just a long conversation. And people know to kind of whisper, use your indoor voice when you're talking to someone next to you in a waiting room. But I was just, I was just appalled. Have you seen so, that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there are some people who just don't care where they are. They're just going to pull out their phone and yell at the top of their lungs. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some people that will do it in the movie theater, oh, you know. My. And and that's that's definitely like, I mean, everybody in the theater is giving you the ugly eye then. Yes. So it's, I guess it's just like... It, they are unspoken rules. Nobody has written the rule book. Nobody agrees to <laughs> the rules. But a lot of us just say, well, look, I'm not going to expose myself in that way. So I guess really uh, to, my answer to Kevin's question would be discretion. Exactly. What, what you talk with another about, person about, about in a waiting exactly. room. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, – there's no telling what kind of nitty-gritty details you heard <laughs> while you were sitting there. 
So that uh, that's always something you want to think about is everybody around you can hear you. You may be on the phone. You may be off in no man's land, but everybody can hear what you're saying. Exactly. So keep now it you, light. You said that there wasn't really a rule book, but, you know, when I was doing research for the show, I actually found some cell phone etiquette rules. Number one, of course, put your phone away at the dinner table. That's just mm-hmm number one rule. A lot of people don't. If you, I actually do this and I I make it a game. When I go out to eat, I look around and see how many people are talking to each other versus looking down at their phone. You have the entire table, a family of four, maybe five. No one's talking. They're looking on their phones. You have people on dates, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. Neither one of them are talking. Both of them on their phone. And I giggle. I look. I actually look around everywhere I go to see if anyone's talking to each other. And they don't. So they say, put the phone down at the dinner table. Another rule is in your phone conversations when you're paying for purchases. Can you do that? If you're in a line in a store. Yes. And you're, I have seen people say, blah, 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 blah. Hold on one second. They don't hang up. They just tell the person right. to hold on, and they complete this entire transaction with, like, 50 items, <laughs> and the person is on hold. Now, let me tell you something that I noticed on Monday. I was at a store. I'm not going to say the name, and I've seen this is not just this store. I've seen this many times, and it's becoming a problem with me. I have never seen anyone who's on, a, on the clock working talk on their cell phone at the counter and check out my groceries or whatever I'm buying. I have seen it so frequently lately. Yet Monday, the girl said, how you doing? I said, fine. I put my items on the uh, counter and her phone rang and she answered it. And she had a conversation on her phone while she was tending, checking me out. I thought that was the most rudest thing I've ever seen. And if I was her, you know, the manager on looking at the video, I would have a problem with that. So I've, I've, I've read into this a little bit. There's, there's a lot of psychology that goes into the development of a cell phone. Did you know that we uh, release endorphins every time we get a text message or a like on Facebook? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so they are just undisciplined in how they respond to that stimulus. So it's, it's not just because they're at work. They would do it anytime. They'd probably reach out of the shower and try to grab it. Hello? Oh, I slipped. So <laughs> you – we have to we just have to be mindful of where we are when we're on our phone and when it comes to the store there are a lot of places that have a sign up that says do not be on your phone you cannot be on your phone when you're at the counter conducting business and mm-hmm. that's for three people mm-hmm. that's for the people in the business that are waiting on you that's for the person at the counter and that's for the person you're on the phone with exactly it's kind of inconvenient to all three of them when you're having to hold up the, their stuff just waiting on you oh hang on a second uh, let me let me finish this transaction then I'll get back to you I'm I like I said I'm very self-conscious so I always get off the phone if I'm with a customer or something and my phone rings, I'm just going to hit the, the volume button exactly. so it mutes because it can't be that important. I can call back. We have voicemail. We have text messages. Mm-hmm. There's no way it's that urgent. And now, I'm not going to say that in every case it's mm-hmm. not something that could be urgent, but in 99% of the cases, it's not urgent. And that's what I said when I was I was looking at her baffled, and I said the only reason for her to answer this phone while she's checking out my food is if something was going on with her kids and it was an emergency, then you say, excuse me, I think 
the person that's working at the store or the counter should excuse themselves, say, excuse me from me. You should not talk on your cell phone while you're at work behind the counter. I've seen it so many times and I'm not saying young or old, but I tell you what, back in the day, you didn't see this. You did not see. And I don't know if we're not teaching our children enough. Uh, about etiquette and how you, where you should use your cell phone and when you should not use your cell phone. But that, again, I say this, we need a class. We need a tech etiquette class. We have to, because our world is tech and we need to teach our teens and the young adults and the kids going, coming up when you should do things and when you should not. I just believe that. So wholeheartedly. You know, when you're at work, yeah, the the manager should be the one enforcing that policy. So you, they need to have something posted where they say don't talk on your phones. And I've seen those signs posted a lot. Do not be on your phone when customers are in the lobby. So there are people that are trying to work proactively towards it, but it, you might want to raise your concerns to uh, that, that business and see if they can do something about it. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not that type of person, but in this instance, I'm like, this is the last straw because this happened more than one or two or three times for me. And I just can't take it anymore. But um, we're going to take our final break. But if you have any tech etiquette stories, please give us a call. We'd like to hear from you. The number to call is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And when we get back, we're going to move to Brandon and speak with our friend Alan. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Everyday Tech on the MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, our tech expert. Now, if you missed any of our program or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on the for the you can listen to the entire show on mpbonline.org/everydaytech. It's also available on our MPB Media app. Now, today we've been discussing tech etiquette. Now, are you guilty of breaking any? tech rules. If you are, it's okay. We're just going to begin to be aware of what we're doing when we're using our tech. Now, if you have any questions or comments, the number to call is 1-877-672-7464 and online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. As I promised, we're going to talk to Alan in Brandon. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Michelle and Jeremy. Hope y'all are doing well today. Doing well. Good morning. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just going to talk g- generally. I mean, you know, tech etiquette does have its own rules, uh, you know, for technology and stuff. But it, if you've been well-trained and, and well-raised, the, the rules of etiquette w- will apply across the board, regardless of whether you're talking about going to a meal at a restaurant, using technology, whatever. And uh, unfortunately, I'm afraid, a, a lot of folks just aren't learning the rules. It, if you think the world revolves around you, you've got a problem to start with. And, and you're not going to be polite regardless of the situation, whether it's 
taking a phone call in a doctor's office or, or, or whatever. You you can't approach life that way. You you got to approach it with a with what I call a, an empathic or a spirit of empathy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Try to put yourself in the other guy's shoes who you're who you're communicating with, and if you do that all the time, you'll you'll behave appropriately. Uh, and I'm afraid a lot of folks just aren't doing that. They they're not. They're they're not living by the golden rule. They're not, they're not trying to put themselves in the other person's shoes. And uh, uh, when that happens, it, it's going to be a mess. So uh, uh, I, I, to me, this is just common sense. But 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 uh, but apparently, it's it's not being it's not being communicated. Right. These days. So uh, uh, that that was my comment. I, and I was going to say something just specifically about email to keep it to keep a technology focused. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I, I do a lot of stuff on the email. I know it's probably it's not as popular as it used to be, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of email lists and stuff where, where, where we communicate with words. I, you know, my, my vision's going, so I, uh, pictures and stuff don't mean a lot. Words still do. So uh, if you communicate with email a lot, I'm a big fan. Always put your response to an email thread at the top. So that the latest thing is at the top, and you can you can review the history below your reply and stuff. That that's just good manners because, uh, and, and and I'm also a big fan of keeping the email history in in the email thread, so that if somebody that's coming in late to the party can go back and review the message history and stuff. I, I just think that's good manners and stuff. So, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you, Alan. Great you always, suggestion. Yeah, you always have a great comment on that. But like you said, I believe that we're not teaching. It's not, it's like you said, you think it's common sense, but a child is born and they have to be taught these things. So if a parent doesn't know or doesn't act and they don't teach your child to act in a certain way, so it just keeps going and going and going. We're going to move to Clinton, Mississippi and speak with Jody. Good morning, Jody. Hello. Hi, good morning. Um, this is... Uh, as you said, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> uh, I have a friend that needs transportation. We went to several, we were in several waiting rooms of different doctors. We had left the pharmacy, sitting in the car. His phone rings, and I could hear it just as plainly as he could. And it said, this is Dr. So-and-so. You have TB. Wow. Okay. W- would you like to be in a waiting room where the whole, you know, as it turned out, he did not. Wow. But I, I, I just wow. kept in, uh, going, you don't know who's around this person. Right, right. And, you know, as I said, it turned out even not being a contagious, uh, scary thing, but it appeared to be. And just blurted it out. Uh, anyway, that's the end. Of, I mean, <laughs> I, I still am just taken aback. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, tech etiquette horror story. I like that one. That's a, that's a good Bad one, a good bad one. Um, you, you know, Jeremy, it's funny that she said that. You would think if you, your phone rang and you saw, you maybe not didn't know it was a doctor's office or not. You know, you may not have that number programmed in your phone, but you still get up and walk. They always have a little outside area away from the people, and then you answer your call because you never, again, like she said, you never know what who's on the end or turn your volume down on your phone so everyone won't hear what the other other person is saying. But again, we need to teach those things. We're not teaching those things. We're going to have to do another tech etiquette show and talk about those office etiquette, uh, tech etiquette issues, social media tech etiquette issues, and email, uh, what Alan was saying, email etiquette. 
I like that. Yep. We want to thank you for joining us today and thank our board operator, uh, Java Chapman, and our phone screener was Lori Thompson. Now, if you missed part of our show and want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Southern Remedy is up next, and join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech at 10 a.m. Only on MPB Think Radio.